with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Be football day. It's a Western Oklahoma Realty Monday. We'll check out the standings in the Western Oklahoma Realty College. Pick them. Same guy. Same old boy that won last year is on top early on this year. So we'll, we'll hit that. Jim Traber's on. It's Monday. We'll talk to Jim. Uh, about all kinds of different things in, in college football and professional football. We'll hit some college uh, football here in the middle. Oklahoma State or Oklahoma makes a huge statement uh, against a horrific Nebraska team, but still, uh, Oklahoma played fantastic. Uh, what else around the country caught our eye? Games from yesterday, it was comeback Sunday. Some ridiculous things happened uh, yesterday in the NFL. And, of course, recap Friday night's high school football, the Elks suffering their first loss. Again, it's a pretty good Carl Albert team, and then everywhere else uh, as well here in western Oklahoma. So that's what we got on the plate today. Feel free to chime in, 225-9698. That's the phone or the text line, 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. If you want to hear talk about those things, whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to get involved at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside a listening area one of these days and you want to stay in touch with us live, easy to do. Log on to KADSAM.com or download the app. The app's got all the radio stations. It's got the Penny News. It's got Big Elk TV and Paragon TV for high school uh, live streams, video live streams of sports. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast is available if you miss the show entirely. You can find that on KADSAM.com or iTunes. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I am fantastic. I am, I am way better than what I was Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it, man, Saturday. I was rough on Saturday. I was. I, I didn't feel very good yesterday. Saturday, it was yard day, and so since, <laughs> it, and not just mowing. Yeah. You know, everybody knows how little it rained early on in the summer, and everybody, I'm sure, if. A bunch of you probably had the same problem that we did, whereas our yard is so big that we essentially just let it die because you can't water the whole thing, right? Well, here's the problem. Once it came back to life, like it rained at the exact wrong time because guess what was still there? Stickers. Mm, yeah. And so we have just these huge – stickers were a problem – three or four years ago we had almost got them kind of eradicated the last couple of summers it rained a little bit you know what i mean it mm-hmm. just and the, the bermuda would choke them out and sure we could kind of pick our spots to 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 host some stickers but it wasn't a, a major problem anymore yeah well that's over <laughs> and so i we went around hoeing stickers saturday morning and I'm telling you, yesterday I woke up and I could barely get out of bed. I was so sore. My back, my hands from, I guess, just pounding down into the ground with the hoe. Like my neck. 
I'm a little better today, but I'm nowhere near 100%. Maybe a good thing we have Friday off because I don't know what this soreness is going to leave my body. Uh, yeah, when I popped in yesterday, I saw you were here, and you looked a little rough. I was, I hate, thought, I was hating life. Man, somebody really enjoyed Saturday. No, I was just like, <laughs> golly. It's hard to move, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, it was hard to get comfortable because it wasn't just one spot. I was just kind of in a daze. But anyway, I'm better today. Oh, yeah. Better well, today. I'm glad. Saturday, man, I you know, Friday – it was hitting us both. I think you had an issue, and I had an issue with my nose, and and it just progressively got worse as that night went on. I was doing my best to be in a good mood, and it was hard to do. But then Saturday, I'm thinking, okay, just go to bed. I'll wake up Saturday. I'll feel fine. I'll get ready to watch some college football. Everything will be great. I woke up Saturday feeling worse. Mm-hmm. It was, and so I, I, my wife, God bless her, let me sleep in. I wake up. It's like 10:30. I'm like, whoa, I got 30 minutes till kickoff. And uh, I watched the game, um, enjoyed the game, ate some food, but just still just not feeling great. And then I took a nap. Okay, game's over. What am I going to do? I'm, I'm going to take a My wife's like, take a nap. Take a nap. So I took a nap. Aaron, you ever take such a good nap? You, it's like you it's like you feel like it's like a 30-minute nap, and it's not. A mm, couple hours. Try I woke up about 6 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My wife, I'm like, what? She's like, you need the rest. I could tell you were just in, in, I woke up. And then, of course, I take that nap and I can't sleep. So I stay up watching USC in Fresno and just wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. And But then yesterday I felt better, and today I felt way better. So hopefully whatever I had, I kicked. I think it was an allergy thing, sinus infection, undiagnosed. I never went to a doctor. Just self-medicate and rest. And it came at the perfect time during a weekend where I can get that right. rest, you know. I feel great now. I feel, feel real good. feel real good. I mentioned Friday night. Uh, to go back to the high school of football Friday, uh, the Elks of the Elks took a step up in weight class, and it didn't go well up at Carl Albert. Friday night, the Elks got behind. I mean, it was just a lightning bolt right off the bat with a 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown by Tayshawn James. And that really kind of signaled the way it was going to go. Uh, as the Elks never really got their footing. They had one glimmer of hope, I think, midway through the first quarter when they jarred the ball loose on a punt, didn't recover the the fumble, but drove Carl Albert all the way back inside their own five on the next play. Uh, The Elks, for one of the few times throughout the evening, were able to get penetration into the backfield, uh, and Xavier Robinson had him going sideways instead of north and south, and and the lone points of the night came on that safety. Uh, And then, of course... Carl Albert's punting into the wind, so the Oaks got the ball around midfield um, after the free kick on, on the safety, but just could not get anything going uh, from there. And then, you know, down at the end of the first half, the chance to make it a couple of score game, uh, fumbled the ball on the one yard line uh, going in. And at that point, the writing was pretty much on the wall. Uh, Robinson, the running back, Carl Albert that I mentioned, he was fantastic 24 carries, 197, and scored five touchdowns. It was one of those, even when the Elks would make a play or two defensively in a, in a certain series, they just weren't able to do it down after down after down after down to be able to wrap that guy up and tackle him. And then once uh, once, once he really got started going downhill, Carl Albert was able to take advantage off of, off of him a couple of things in the quarterback run game or play action passing and really kind of had the Elks uh, guessing because Robinson was so effective on the ground 
on Friday night. So Elk City ends up 3-1 and one in the non-district still overall. I think a lot of positives going into this off week. And then, of course, Clinton comes to town a week from Friday for the first uh, game that the Elks will play uh, in district play. Yeah, I, in, you're right. A lot of positives. It's hard to take positives out of a game after, after Friday night. But co- good coaches will look at the film and, and figure out, okay, we did this good. This is what we can work on. But overall, going 3-1 and one in a four-game non-district uh, schedule, and against the teams who we played, you knew two of them were pretty much guaranteed, and then the other two were, well, we'll see what happens. And hey, three and one is really, really good, very positive. Get a time to, or get a week off to uh, prepare for the the long district hall and and get get prepared for a good Clinton team. But I think overall, throw Friday night away. It is what it is. Carl Albert is a good team. I think I think uh, those trying to throw dirt on them, myself included. Uh, were way wrong. I think their quarterback situation has settled down. The running back was really good. They got multiple next-level guys on that team. I think we failed to realize that. There are multiple guys on that team that can play at the next level. One uh, going to Iowa, and, and I'm sure others will come along too. And um, But that's okay to go up against a team like that to see where you are, see what you can improve on, and it will make you better. I know it's hard to see in the immediate, but it will make you better, guys, if you're listening. It will make you better. So I'm, I'm anxious to uh, get the week off. And uh, and I'm and I was actually kind of pleased we didn't see any. Uh, I'm sure that you know with football there's dings and uh, bruises, but didn't see anything major. And um, again, get a week off to heal up and and get ready for a really good Clinton team. Yeah, and maybe get uh, catch and maybe Holden Dixon back as well. I know yeah. that was kind of what Coach Maynard had alluded to being a possibility um, with the week off and then then against Clinton. So interesting in four A one, nobody's unbeaten. Uh, everybody took at least one loss in the non-district. couple of teams that haven't won a game yet, and John Marshall and Woodward. Um, it remains to be seen, playoff time, how the district ends up. But right now it feels like it's, you know, the, the two at the top and then a draw a line and, and everybody else kind of jumbled up. And it'll be interesting once those district games start to see who emerges out of that group of, say, Chickasha and Weatherford and – um, cash and some of those teams who, who's going to emerge out to, to try to to contend with the two teams with Elk City and Clinton at the top of the district yeah and, and the way the Elk City schedule looks like it's front-loaded district-wide uh, wise with you mentioned obviously Clinton and then immediately falling on the road at cash that, that could be the cash game could be scary um I think we still don't know a lot about Cash. We've seen them one day come out really good, and then they get rolled up by their rival in Elgin. We thought that'd go the other way. So, uh, and it's never easy to go to Cash. So it's it's key to uh, take it one game at a time. And um, everything is in line for Elk City. All the goals are still there. Said so that Friday night, as far as competing for a district title, maybe even hosting a couple playoff games, which would be great. So, so, but it it again. It looks like it's going to be. It could be front loaded, with the way the rest of the district, the way the other teams are starting to to look. So it's um, the first two weeks, the first two games of the district could be very telling for the Big Oaks. Uh, only three teams in four A period undefeated: Bethany, Newcastle, and Cushing. So that's a that's that's a little bit of an oddity, I think, to to not have, you know, a handful or more make it through the un, uh, the non-district schedule uh, undefeated but well, I, mean, I, I think it also shows that a, a lot of the yeah. a lot of these teams played up and, and really kind of challenged themselves I mean, Wagner's playing the, in the non-districts and yeah. the Groves and uh, 
Uh, Tuttle playing Guthrie on Friday night looked like that was a fun game. And, yeah, and, of course, Clinton playing McGinnis and Harris Hall. I mean, and we're playing Carl Albert in Canadian Texas. I like it. It just, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, and people say, well, it's 4A down. No, they're they're playing up and they're trying to be better. So the the fight for 4A could be really interesting uh, come December. Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of teams that, that feel like they have a chance to make long runs and maybe even hoist the goal ball. Uh, District A1. Miko beat, Miko beat Merritt twenty to seven. Mangum knocked off Sayre forty nine to thirty. Texoma shut out with Tonga twenty six nothing. Burns Flat continues to roll up people fifty six to eight over Snyder. Um, Record wise, Burns Flat, Dill City, and also Fairview undefeated teams there. Um, you know, it, it, if those two, Fairview is one of the teams that a lot of people like to maybe even win Class A state championship. Those two, and then and then who else? Who can who can make um, forge their way a, a spot into the playoffs? That one will be interesting too, because it feels like you know Thomas isn't nearly as good as they have been in the past. At least the results would speak to that. Moreland has three losses; they've all been close games. So maybe uh, the Bearcats are better than what their record would indicate. And then uh, we'll see about the main, uh, Merritt and Sayer where they stack up in the hierarchy of uh, District A1. A team that looks like they're going to be involved in a district title race, we shall see because the district looks really good, is Hollis. We were were interested to see what would happen Friday night with Hollis and Mountain View Godibo, and Hollis just went and thumped Mountain View Godibo 46-6. So Hollis 3-0, they've got one more non-district game this week just because of a small district in B1. Uh, but everybody outside of Beaver in B1 looks to be fantastic teams. So that is going to, going to be a, a tough, tough district. But Hollis looks the part so far. That's a curious case, Hollis, being independent for a couple years, coming back into the OSSAA, and all of a sudden, I mean – there was a time not too long ago where they were competing for the state title year in, year out, one one of them, I believe. So are we shocked that they've come back and they're they're doing what they're doing right now? I'm not. I, I had a feeling about that going to Mountain View, that they, they have a chance to uh, make a statement right there, and I think that will vault them when the AP poll comes out into the uh, top five of, uh, of that class. Speaking of Class B, what happened to the ceiling? I, I didn't even realize they, they lost. They, they lost to an Oklahoma Bible, fifty-eight to thirty-four. Oklahoma Bible number three in the Oklahomans' rankings, four and zero. They went from not, not ranked. See, this is to a, four and zero. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a hollow situation. Oklahoma Bible, a, a team to contend with now, but that kind of that turned. I mean, After, it turned. It it made me uh, go, huh? Because I I picked them in my pick them <laughs> ceiling did, or I did ceiling, so they let me down, but. That, that Class B might be more wide open than what we think. Yeah, you know, that's a natural let letdown spot. Yeah, And then all of a sudden you've got that. a better team than maybe you yep. thought after after knocking off Laverne the week before. There's always that. And there's Dewar again at number one in the Class B rankings by the Oklahoman. They, they seem to be a, a, a group that's went from maybe flash in the pan, you thought, to, uh-oh, they're good every year. Dewar, they always produce athletes, mm-hmm. obviously with the – what was his name Lewis? Ronell Lewis. Way back in the day, but after seeing them play uh, in in person basketball and baseball, they they produce athletes all over the place. Sh- shouldn't shock anybody. Yeah, they're good again. That's high school football from a Friday night. We'll see. See how many Troy rushes here. They have everybody back 
to try to knock one down. Three-man rush. Chase going to step up in the pocket. Sets. Throws high into the air. It's up for grabs. It is juggle. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think he caught it. That was Appalachian State radio announcer Adam Witten and another guy yelling. <laughs> well, it was an exciting play. Let's give him that. You tell that was fun. Touchdown finally kind of came through <laughs> with all the just screaming. <laughs> By the guy in the booth with him, I, oh. I wish that we could have heard. Hey, I'm guilty of that. I'm what, guilty of that. I wish we could have heard what what it would have sounded like, like what he was actually saying. Yeah. Uh, on on the call there, but yeah, one of those, a crazy hail mary, a crazy finish uh, there for Appalachian State to knock off Troy. That was one of the games that was in the Western Oklahoma Realty College pick'em mm. uh, on the slate. And that's one of the games I got right because I just felt like it was going to be super duper hard for. Appalachian State to come back after beating A and M, and sure enough, uh, with the points anyway, that was a, that was an easy victory uh, for Troy. Andy Peffer, man, this guy is he driving up to Kansas every weekend? Because if not, he ought to be. Yeah, yeah. Two years in a row that he's hit like above seventy percent, twenty-two and eight. That's a really really good start. He's in the. 99.9 percentile in the game. He's ranked 53rd overall in the entire country. Dang, man. It's a very good start for Andrew once again. He leads uh, Poke U Picks by a game and myself by two games. You know, one of the ones I missed was uh, was Oklahoma. Not knowing what they were, not really having any idea what they were, um, that was one that was kind of a toss-up for me, but uh, a, a bad pick. Auburn, a bad pick on my part as well. But uh, yeah, so that's a, the Western Oklahoma Realty College pick them. Andy Peffer, a defending champion, and he's starting out strong again at 22-8. and eight. We thank you to Tyler Harrison, Robbie Allen, and all the gang at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. Give them a call at 225-6271 for all your real estate needs. Uh, Oklahoma did make a statement uh, across the country on Saturday. You know, what What a difference a year makes. And I'll ask Jim about this. I heard them talking about it on the post game as well. Just a completely different team. And, and some of that is good. Some of it, I don't know if it is good. But, you know, it's, it's hard to it, – it was hard watching it. or I was listening to it a bunch because I was doing the yard work, listening to the, to the OU radio broadcast. And it, it, I kept on waiting for Nebraska to make a run, because that's what I'm used to watching out of Oklahoma. Exactly. A team, you know, get out to a good start, play pretty good offense, not very good defense, and all of a sudden it's a barn burner by the time the game is over, and it just didn't happen. Oklahoma's defense 
in in the in the middle of that game. They gave up a touchdown on the first drive and the last drive, and in the middle, absolutely nothing. But very few first downs. They were in the backfield the entire day. I think they're third in sacks, seconds in tackles for loss across the country. Uh, just a great performance by Oklahoma defensively. Uh, and then offensively, uh, they had a really good run there to end the first half. It seemed like they would score about every every drive to make it 35-7, then 42-7. to seven. Then obviously took their foot off the gas at that point. But uh, just a, a fantastic performance by Brent Venable's squad for the first time going on the road up in Lincoln, Nebraska on Saturday. Yeah, I saw more of the offense. The playbook opened up a little bit more, a little creativity, obviously with Willis and the, the double pass. Um, thought the run game looked solid, but let's face it, Nebraska's horrible. They're it's a bad, bad Nebraska team. Knew that going in. Knew their defense was horrible. Their their front is horrible. So that's at the end of the day, I think. Well, that's how it should have happened, right? I mean, that, we were all talking about that, Jim included, and we'll get him on and get his thoughts. But we were all they should push this Nebraska team around, and they did. I think the first drive for Nebraska, someone pointed this out, and I think he was right, was it looked like that entire drive was scripted. The plays, you know, you hear about that. The first X amount of plays are scripted, and and then when that script ran out, Oklahoma teed off on it, and Casey Thompson looked uncomfortable every time he went back to pass um, after, like, the first sack. And I'm not so sure he was 100% because each time he got sacked, he came up slower and slower and slower. And then – when he went back to pass, it was, where are they going to get me now? And it wasn't so much as looking through his progression. Kudos to the OU defense and and the offense. I I thought was humming pretty good. Um, I don't, but I don't know. You know, I, I'm not ready to say okay, Oklahoma's they're fine. They're the best team in the conference. I'm not ready to say that because of how bad Nebraska is and what and what the state of that program is right now. But OU did what they were supposed to do, and that was nice. You're right. It was nice to actually have a boring game in the fourth quarter instead of, oh, no, here they come again. Here comes that other team, the opponent, playing catch-up. And and that was nice that they kept the foot on the gas until they saw, okay, game's over. Let's throw in um, um, Bevel and let's let's be done with this. So it was, it, was, that was a, it was nice to actually be bored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, one – one, if you want to say negative, uh, Gabriel, and and this is why I'd say that the team is completely different because you actually saw um, defensive adjustments on the fly. I didn't know that that was allowed until at least halftime, if not the next game. Right. Um, you know, stopping fourth and shorts. When was that? When has that been a thing? It got it got to a point I expected them to stop every. Yeah, it kind of was, but there's no doubt that Gabriel is a good player. But there's also no doubt that he is a step down from what Oklahoma fans are used to at the quarterback spot. There, there were just a few throws there. It didn't hurt on Saturday because they would come back and make plays after. But there, were, there there's going to be times where he missed on some throws, especially in the first half, that would have led to huge plays, mm-hmm. if not if not long touchdowns. And that's something that's going to have to be cleaned up. And the one thing that is even a little bit more scary about that is they were almost exclusively high. And if you miss high in the middle of the field, that's going to cause uh, that's going to lead to disaster at at some point. So there's some things there that that he needs to get better at. I, I think he holds the ball just a little bit too long at times taking sacks that he doesn't need to take. Uh, but it's kind of being nitpicky in a lot of ways because um you know, he, he's he's clearly a good player. 
but I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's a step down from what Oklahoma fans are used to playing the quarterback in, in the Crimson and Cream. What I've seen from him in the first three games, you're right. It, it's a step down. He's a solid player. You're right. He's not a Baker Mayfield. He's not a Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Caleb Williams. But he's a solid player. And the sacks thing, you know, what I've seen is he'd rather take the sack than, than take a risky pass, if that makes sense. And just take the sack and live, you know. But I'm like, hey, throw, throw it to third row throw of the stands, yeah, that's you know. The whole thing. I mean, throw it where no one can get it. But, and um, I've you know conversations during the game. I was, I was, I explained like, well, I'm just this is just what OU fans, myself included, are just gonna have to get used to with him. That's just the kind of player he is. And um, but I mean, he did make some nice throws. Like the throw to Weiss was nice. He Weiss helped him out there by making that grab. Uh, the th- the the second touchdown or the, his first touchdown throw to a, a Farouk, I mean, he just dropped it in a bucket, rolling he could get it. And he does nice things, obviously, with his feet, too. But he, he's not – yeah, he's a step down, but he's still a nice quarterback that I think can, can make Levy's system work. But what's exciting is when you get a better quarterback. Oh, sure. You know, that that's that's the, that's an exciting thing to look forward to. But is he a – can he be a Big 12 champion quarterback? His defense definitely gives him the opportunity. I mean, if it takes a little bit for the offense to get going, at least you know the de- – I mean, look at the Kent State game. Defense did enough to keep them at 3 nothing. then boom, the offense came alive. And kind of same thing here. They gave it that first touchdown, then, then the offense finally woke up, and the rest is history. But, yeah, he is a step down, but it, it could be worse, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It could be worse, but it could be better. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Kansas State, I don't know what in the world happened at Manhattan on, on Saturday – for them losing to Tulane 17 10. Yeah. That's probably not a positive. Were they uh, looking ahead? For or? Oklahoma. Yeah, probably so. I'm um, thinking that they could just roll their, hat, their helmet out there and knock off Kansas or knock off Tulane and then get ready for OU. So that takes a little bit of the shine off of what this matchup would have been. Possibly a top 25 matchup if Kansas State could have won that game and sneak into the bottom of the top 25. But it's still a game that uh, you'd think Oklahoma would be ready for because if there's have been a team in the Big 12. Uh, Iowa State and Kansas State have been those two teams that have kind of had the formula to slow down the Sooners and knock them off. And, and uh, Kansas State's had by far the most success in Norman uh, of any Big 12 team, uh, winning a few times. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game. Uh, they still have Deuce Vaughn. Uh, we're still waiting for Adrian Martinez to be kind of unsheathed. It feels like there's still some some growing pains there, but – uh, what a time to get it right uh, if you're a Wildcat fan. Well, love that. Then coming up on Saturday, and it yeah. is at night instead of. I uh, love that it's at night. I love it at night. It feels like when we when OU gets Kansas State in Norman, it's always it's 11, eleven o'clock, yeah. and no one's awake yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. even the team, and it, and then when they finally wake up, it's too late. I love that it's at night. I, I think the light show thing is a thing. I think it 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 you know it adds an extra energy to the crowd. I think the the players feed off of it. And it's going to be right there, prime time, 7 p.m. I- I'm loving that. I like how I can wait all Saturday until the big show at night. I think that's a big thing for OU. What if I told you before the season started, <laughs> Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Indiana, <laughs> UCLA, and Kentucky would all be undefeated through the first three weeks of the season? Would you have said, of course it is. They're, those are great basketball schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, well, it's November, right? That's what <laughs> yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. No. That's awesome. That's, so, that's, so who I, won the I, Big Twelve uh, football title? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I like it. And I told you yesterday. I think a game day. It's a shame they're they're 
they're bowing down to the SEC and going to Knoxville when this was an opportunity for Lawrence to actually host game day. You got 3-0 and Duke coming to town against 3-0 and Kansas. Kansas offense looks solid. I watched a little bit of that Houston game. They're only averaging 55. They look, they look solid. They, they, they're they so frustrating. they got Houston players fighting with each other. Billy on the text line said maybe that's uh, where Nebraska ought to look is to Lance Leopold. Trying to look here. Maybe the next chance could be if October eh, October 8th. That's a, that's a tough day because that's Oklahoma, Texas. It's A&M and Alabama. Uh, maybe if they can keep it going November the 5th. Oklahoma State comes to town. Could that be it? Or the 19th? I know that's Bedlam, but it could also be uh, hosting Texas. Are we really going to have to start going through Kansas' schedule to wonder, are they a contender? I'm not ready to do it yet. No. But for the first time all year, I have actually looked at their schedule just now. Kudos to them because they're always that doormat of a team that people would schedule to guarantee wins. Not so much anymore. No. They've I already, can see them. They've hit the over. I can see them outlasting Iowa State and TCU, who, by the way, have to go to Lawrence. They've hit the over, so is Vandy. We're joined now by the voice you'll hear at 2 o'clock right here on these airwaves. He is the ultimate Jim Traber. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm good, fellas. How's everybody doing out there in Elk City? Doing well. It's uh, feels like it's going to be hot this week until maybe Thursday. So I'm uh, sick of it. I know, summer's not gone <laughs> just yet. Uh I'm ready for 75 degrees where it, it's a little bit cool to wear shorts, but you still do it. I'm ready. I'll still wear shorts, though. I saw that uh, I saw that Elk City got their lunch a little bit this week. Huh? Yeah, they Carl did. That turns out Carl Albert uh, was uh, Carl Albert for a reason. Um, yeah. It's it, one of those. That's a little bit tough. Yeah, it is. And the, the very first, I mean, the opening kickoff, uh, Carl Albert took it 93 for a touchdown, and it kind of just, you know, is one of those like a, like a prize fight. You get punched in the face right off the bat, and it, it – they never really uh, got any leverage in the game. So uh, the good news is, though, probably not going to see uh, anybody with athletes like that for the rest of the district schedule. You know, Clinton's always very, very good. Uh, but the, Carl Albert, you looked in the back, yeah. the defensive backfield, they were 6'4", 6'2", 6'2", Tayshawn James heading to Iowa to play defense, which is a good thing because uh, they obviously can't play offense, but they're a good defensive team. Exactly right. They need somebody who can play, who can play some offense. <laughs> yeah, but they <laughs> – uh, they're running back uh, Xavier Robinson. He was like 6'2", 225, and he looked about 240. Uh, and the Elks just had a hard time tackling that guy uh, throughout the night. But overall, good start. 3-1 in the non-district, and then uh, Clinton comes to town a week from Friday for the first district game. So we'll see how it goes from there. Very nice. Very, very nice. You guys got to be excited about your Cowboys. They're on, they're on route now to win the whole thing, I would believe. Huh? Oh, I was. I, I figured they were already sizing Cooper Rush up for a uh, for a yellow jacket, uh, Hall of Fame jacket, after going two and zero to start his career uh, with wins over <laughs> Minnesota and Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it, is, it, it's. It, isn't it unbelievable, fellas? Isn't it? I hate to cut you off. I'm sorry, ahead. but isn't it unbelievable this this. Um, loser in the Super Bowl jinx that there is. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. Okay. I know that there, somebody called me and said a couple of years ago what Kansas City did. Okay, you're right. But if you look at the last 15 Super Bowl losers, I think like 12 or 13 of them have not done well the next year. And Cincinnati's 0-2 now, so that's crazy. By the way, losing to your Cowboys and my Steelers. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately for, for them, losing to Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush, isn't a good sign for what's coming later on down the line uh, for Cincinnati. 
That my very first question for you is: Is yeah. it Kenny Pickett time? Oh, you took my question away. <laughs> you know what, fellas? I don't know what time it is. I what I do know it's it's time to get rid of Matt Canada. It, I have never seen an offense that has less imagination than that crap that I've watched the first two weeks. I mean, thank goodness they're one and one. But I'm telling you guys, there is no first down. Run the ball up the middle. Yep. Oh, now you're. Uh, uh, what are you now? Now you're uh, second and nine, second and ten. Okay. Why don't we run a screen? Why don't we throw the ball out of the backfield? Oh, now we're third and seven. Okay. Why don't we run the, uh, a three-yard route? I mean, it's every single time. And then when they got, I don't know if you guys watched the game. They got behind. Okay. After the, you know, the guy fumbles the punt. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, then what happens? They use a little bit of imagination. They go boom, 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 boom on a field touchdown. You know, and then and then they get the ball back. You know, I mean, all the momentum's with them, and the crowd's into it, and they're down three points, and they got a chance. And you know what they do? First down, they run the ball up the middle again. I mean, it is. I mean, it is disgusting. If you have a bad offensive line and a great running back, you don't just keep firing it to him up the middle. You got to do some things. Spread it out. Throw the ball first. It is a thorough embarrassment. Matt Canada stinks. He is so bad, it's embarrassing. The Steelers had a great chance to win that game. If you watched it, they had a great chance to win that game. But, you know, what can you say? I mean, the offense is horrible. And then the defense let them down at the end there, too, by not at least getting a stop. But, you know, what can I say? The Steelers are about a 500 team. That's what they are. And, frankly, I think that's about what your Cowboys are, too. Um but uh, at least your Cowboys can figure out ways to do some things with Rush. They came out. I thought they came out and had a really nice game plan against Cincinnati. But no, the Steelers. They, you will never hear anybody say, "Boy, the Steelers had a really good game plan today." No, there's no chance of it. It's embarrassing. Uh, yesterday, kind of uh, comeback Sunday. Uh, there was just crazy things happening uh, in Baltimore, out in Las Vegas, and then the Browns are, are still the Browns. They did something that. Uh, nobody had done in 2,229 games, and that is blow a 13-point lead in the final two minutes. Uh, what do you attribute some of that to, just uh, the explosiveness of the offenses, uh, the way the game is played now? Uh, but it does seem like these comebacks are happening a lot more often in NFL football than, than we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the biggest one is what you said with the, these offenses that can score on a, you know, on a heartbeat, except, of course, the Steelers. Everybody else can, but not them. Um, and then I, I think that some of these players get, uh, I think they get cocky when they're ahead. I mean, some of them are like, yeah, okay, this is great. And next thing you know, this team's coming from behind. I mean, I'm going to tell you what now, that was a huge win for Cliff Kingsbury because, you know, I don't know if you saw, but they, they fired Herm Edwards uh, today for Arizona State. Um, they might have turned around and fired Cliff Kingsbury too. It might have been a two-day firing for, uh, for the Arizona boys. But, um, yeah, that was a good win. And, you know, the only good thing for the Steelers is everybody in their division got beat. You know, I can't believe the Ravens lost. That was beyond belief. And then the Browns give it up. And then, of course, Cincinnati loses too. But um, that makes it even worse, actually, because the Steelers could have been way up ahead on everybody. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the comebacks are amazing. What about Tua, man? Tua was – that was incredible. They were lighting people up. You know, Tyreek Hill – he can make a. He makes an offense a lot better. There's no doubt about it. You're scared of him, and if you let him, if you let him run routes, then he's going to beat you. If you don't let him run routes, then somebody else will beat you. And 
obviously Waddle is a star too. So it's um, that Miami team might be a little better than I thought. I I thought that Buffalo would run away with that division. We'll see. They play each other this week, so we'll see. But the worst of all of them is obviously the Browns. I mean, they're just they're the Browns. I mean, it's the Jets, the New York Jets, do what uh, do what they did to the Browns. But it's funny. It's it's hilarious. And then, of course, we haven't talked yet about Big Baker Mayfield, who um, is now 0-2 and just had a horrific game. I mean, a terrible game. What do you say, for 135 yards, I think? Yeah, Maybe. something like that. He got out-dueled by Daniel Jones in, in the battle of team, and quarterbacks that couldn't throw for 200. Uh, yeah, 145, 14 of 29 for 145 and a touchdown. Who, 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 who goes under 500? Who goes over 50% in a game nowadays? I mean, that's... That's very real. Even Trubisky didn't do that. Yeah, not so many. Didn't throw. No, no. It's very rarely where you see a quarterback just under fifty percent in a game. Um, I tried to tell Matt Ravis and everybody else uh, the, the Carolina Panthers, fellas, they stink. Okay, Baker Mayfield, whatever. You know, we know what he is by now. But the Panthers are horrible, and I think that I think it's hilarious that there were people around here that actually thought that he was going to come in and like turn the thing around. They're they're terrible. They stink. So um, anyway, good luck. Good luck to uh, to uh, Baker Mayfield. We'll see. He's playing for a contract too. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Yeah, the only one, the only other quarterback yesterday that went worse than fifty uh, percent that I could see here is uh, Russell Wilson at fourteen. Oh my of, god, fourteen of thirty-one. He was like four for like fifteen <laughs> yeah. at one point or something. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Boy, that's not. They're lucky they won that game. That that is not working out very good for uh, uh, for them out there either. But the NFL sure is crazy. You know, it really is. Who's who's disappointed you the most? Uh, the, the Broncos, a lot of people liked, uh, but what about the Colts? To me, that's the team. Uh, not only that that they're oh, I guess oh one and one, but also oh one and one against Jacksonville and Houston. You know, dude. Trust me, I. I uh, I remember I put money on the Colts at twenty-five to one to win the Super Bowl. That is not a good start. I don't know what the heck's wrong with them. I really haven't watched them very much. Obviously, their offense is horrible. I mean, they got shut out by Jacksonville. I don't know how that is. Luckily, I bet the Chargers too because I think the Chargers have a really good chance. That was kind of my long shot with the Colts, but so far they look ridiculous. I mean, just terrible. Um, and um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to turn it around. It's awful hard to come back after you're 0 and 2 or 0 1 and 1. It's going to be really hard for them to come back. The good thing is, is that their division's not very good. But like you said, they already played the two worst teams in their division. Yeah, I think I'd seen a stat that they've been shut out three times since 1994, and every single time it was to the Jacksonville Jaguars. How crazy what? is that? that <laughs> wow, doesn't make any sense. Hey, crazy. Hey, in San Francisco, does does their future change now that Trey Lance went down? But they still got Jimmy G. They still got the win yesterday. Do Do you think their the 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 goals for them are still obtainable with with Jimmy G? Wow, that's a great question. Um, their goals are definitely attainable with Jimmy G. I'm just wondering. They just basically told him all summer long, "We don't want you," and then it was like, "Oh, we have to keep you." And no, oh, we're happy that we kept you. Um, <laughs> It's, it's a weird deal out there. It's obvious that he can win football games. There's no doubt about that. But um, I don't know. That's a weird deal. I guess Lance is out for the season. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, I think yeah. he's having surgery on his ankle today and, and is done. 
Yeah, that's a shame for him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Some people will probably think they're better with Garoppolo. They might be. I don't know. But that's a, that's a weird deal. I mean, nobody thought that they were going to keep him. Even even both um, Trey Lance and Garoppolo, both, neither one of them thought that they were going to keep him. And they did, and it's worked out good for him. So he comes in, they get a win. Switch to the uh, college game, Oklahoma uh, against a terrible Nebraska team. And it's just it's crazy that Nebraska is bad and Kansas is good. But – uh, OU did what they had to do on the road. It's just it's a it's a completely different team, and, and some of that is good things, and some of that is not so good uh, because of uh, the, the a little bit of erratic in, in the accuracy of Gabriel. What were your thoughts on on OU up in Lincoln on Saturday? Well, you guys know that before the season, I like I kept continued to say all I wanted to see is this team be tougher and just be more physical, and they are definitely that. There is no doubt about what. What a difference, huh? I mean, what a difference a big-time strength coach can make and a big-time defensive guy can make. Um, and, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel, I got a bad feeling that Dylan Gabriel, not by himself, but I think that he's going to lose a game for OU. The offense, I think there's going to come a time this year that they're going to lose a game, and I think it's going to be because that they don't have a great, great quarterback. I mean, he's just not what they've had in the past. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he is um, – well, he missed some. He definitely missed some uh, some throws. Definitely missed some throws. And um, but guess what? They missed throws and they dominated. So that's a good thing. Um, Nebraska is just horrific, fellas. I mean, horrific. They're so bad. I I can't believe that I picked uh, them to cover that spread. I, I don't know what in the world. I get sucked into something like that. It's just ridiculous. Because I've been saying they're they're horrible for a long period of time. And then they make a coaching change, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, maybe they'll be better. They're horrible. They're a terrible football team. And I don't know what they're going to do because whoever they bring in next year is going to be inheriting a terrible football team. Um, but, hey, a great win for OU. I mean, you go on the road and win like that and embarrass somebody like that, that was very, very impressive. They're, uh, they are, uh, they're impressive. They really are. OU, OU so far is in really good shape. I'm wondering, um, you know, what comes next, Kansas State. I, that's another game that I talked about. If you remember at the end of mm-hmm. last week, I said watch out with Tulane against Kansas State. But Tulane beat them? I didn't think that was going to happen. That, that's terrible for the Big 12 uh, because you could have had two undefeated teams, you know, coming against each other this week. Now you got a team coming off of a loss to Tulane. Um, but I still think that, oh, you better bring it. I haven't even seen the line. I was going to guess it's going to be about 11 or 12. What's the line? 13. Yeah, okay. I probably would take Kansas State with the points just because of their defense, but um, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue for Kansas State right now, isn't it, when you lose it to Wayne? Yeah, and that's, they're one of, the, one of the only teams in the Big 12 that has had some success in Norman uh, over the past 20 years. They've won a couple, three or four times on that field. I do think Jared mentioned it earlier. The one thing that, that I think may help OU in this game is that it's not at 11 o'clock because it feels like a lot of those games have happened at 11 and kind of sleepwalk your th- way through the first half, and then you look up and you go, uh-oh, we're in a dogfight here. Being, at a, being a, a night game, I think, helps Oklahoma in this game coming up on Saturday. That's an interesting point, yeah. I, I don't like that it's so late, 7 p.m. <laughs> My gosh, man, it's a late game. I'm going to be on the radio until 1 o'clock in the morning. But, um, yeah, it could be true. Um, I don't know. I just think that – OU's not going to play like they did on Saturday every week. I mean, they're just not. Nobody does. 
you know, even the Alabamas and the Georgias, well, maybe not those, but most teams will have a bad week. I don't know when that'll be. You just got to hope that when you do have a bad week that you win still. Um, but, you know, with Kansas playing the way they are, um, it's, it looks as if every single game you've really got to cut the play. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting. But I think that um, – I think Kansas State will give them a decent game, but I think they'll get beat. I think uh, OU will beat them. I don't really know who's going to beat OU. I think that Baylor is kind of average. OSU is interesting. You know, you just really don't know how good OSU is. Um, but they um, that, that could be a great game in uh, in November. Well, let's let's talk about OSU. I know that, that game happened like we thought it should happen at, uh, against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Did you see anything? I mean, it was nice to see Gundy in there taking some snaps. It's hard to really take away anything from a game like that because, again, we knew what was going to happen. But what did you like from OSU? I mean, it, it's almost impossible to say. I think – I'll tell you this. Ollie, Ollie Gordon is going to be a superstar. Um, I've been saying that for a little while now. Every time I see him, I'm even more convinced of it. They're really good at running back. If they block people, they're going to be good. And if Sanders doesn't give it to the other team, they're going to be really good. And uh, they had a um, – that's a good win. I mean, that's, you know, you've got to do what you have to do. You play a terrible team. You're supposed to beat big, and you beat them big. Now, I, I think that that team might be about as bad as you're going to see. But, um, hey, they got some money, and they went home. Unless you got to win, and now they get a week off, and then they go to Baylor. I'm telling you, fellas, that's a huge game. That is a big, big game for both teams down in Baylor. Huge, huge one. Well, what cut your eye around the country uh, this week? Uh, for me, one of them was the way that Oregon bounced back after uh, uh, being demolished by, by Georgia uh, to beat up pretty good on BYU. What else, uh, besides that, maybe, what else did you notice uh, from around the country? What doesn't, I mean, I don't like to do the transitive property, you know, mm-hmm. this, this and this, but my goodness, how good is Georgia? Yeah. What they did to BYU. I mean, that they did to, uh, uh, to Oregon. And then Oregon beat, just obliterated a, a really nice BYU team. So Georgia, I mean, I don't, I don't know how anybody except Alabama is going to beat them. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. It was, you know, there were, I mean, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, not a real exciting week of college football, if you ask me. But there were a lot of different things that kind of went like you thought they would. Um, I, I'm trying to think. There were a couple games. I mean, a, that A and M Miami game, although not really exciting, I thought was was a really nice. I, I'm telling you, I, I I do think that Cristobal is going to get something done at Miami. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I I don't. I'm not saying they're going to be back to what they were, but I think he's going to get something done at Miami. And uh, boy, Jimbo Fisher. How about, if Jimbo Fisher would have lost that game, what would have happened? Yeah, he's uh, him and uh, Harson at Auburn. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we don't find out that he got fired today. Uh, after Penn State just went in there and beat them to a pulp. Oh, just pummeled them. I mean, pummeled them. They're just not any good. Auburn's not any good. I mean, that's crazy to say, but they're not. I'm. Who are they going to beat in the uh, in the uh, SEC? You're in a tough situation, boy, when you're not good. Harson, though, he's just – I don't know why in the world well, – I know why he took the job to make a bunch of money. But anybody that takes that job better realize that if you don't win right away, you're gone. But, you know, if you can get a big old payday, so be it. I mean, some people – want to go in there and make themselves, you know, $15, $20 million. That's fine. I understand. Yeah, they better get her done this week uh, at home against Missouri because after that they've got LSU at Georgia, at Ole Miss, Arkansas, at Mississippi State, A&M, and Alabama. 
So they better. Get, yeah, good luck. They better get the Missouri game done. Uh, otherwise, that's going to be rough. Hey, if I told you before the season that we would be sitting here on the 19th of September and these schools would all be undefeated, I think you might have thrown me in a home. Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Indiana, UCLA, and Kentucky. Have Are we in December and it's basketball season and I didn't know it? What's going on here? How, what, what are these that's teams real, doing? That's really impressive that you said that you did that with all the uh, basketball schools. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um Duke has been good in the past, you know, lately. And every once in a while, they'll they'll throw a good team, especially when Cut, Cutcliffe was there. Um, Kentucky is Mark Stoops is just turning things around. I got no idea what's happening in Indiana. Although I am a big, I'm in a gig uh, Barry Channel because a couple of weeks ago he said they were horrible. And then Kansas is just amazing. I mean, Kansas is. I mean, they they go on the road, win at West Virginia and at Houston. I mean, that's impressive. So you better. You better come to play when you play Kansas now. That quarterback is really good. Their defense, I saw them, I watched some of that game. They get around, and uh, Leopold's doing a really good job there. So, um, yeah, crazy to see these basketball schools that are uh, undefeated. Yeah, I think game day missed out on an opportunity to actually go to Lawrence, Kansas, with Duke and Kansas being both 3-0. and But, oh, well, I get it. SEC draws more eyeballs. Speaking of ACE. Uh, Where are they going? Uh, they're going to Knoxville. Yeah, Florida and Tennessee. Yeah, that, uh, with all due respect, Jared, that's a billion times bigger than Kansas <laughs> and Duke. Yeah. Maybe they, they can send They went to a, Appalachian State. There. They went to Appalachian no, State for Troy and Appalachian State, which turned out to be yeah, a fun game, but still. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I agree with you. But it's uh, Kansas and Duke. Hopefully they'll send somebody there to just cover it. Maybe they'll do that. Did you, did you happen to see the box score for Michigan? I mean, I know that it was uh, the game was incredibly ugly. They had seven different dudes throw a pass. Really? What? Yes. They had McCarthy was 15 for 18. Bowman was one for one. McNamara one for one. Brandon Mann one for one. All, all the way down through. They have seven quarterbacks? Oh, my God. I did, that's impossible. Did one of them go one for one for a touchdown? Maybe it was an end-around pass or something. Bowen went, uh, Bowman, uh, the guy from Tech, went one for one yeah. for 20 yards and a touchdown. Everybody he else threw. Does. He, he made he made a really good move by transferring there, didn't he? Yeah. You know, I heard you guys talking about getting back and, and specifically with Nebraska. And, and, and Kansas was mentioned, too, about with the transfer portal and whether or not it's easier or harder nowadays than before. I think that's a, it's a really interesting point because, on one hand, sure, you can bring guys in. But on the other, if you are Kansas, uh, how, much of a feeder pro, how much of a feeder program are you going to be uh, for the bigger dogs around the country. It reminds me a little bit of Jim Knowles going to uh, Ohio State. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, unfortunately for Oklahoma State, boy, if you've got something that happens really, really good, someone's going to come pick it from you. Um, and I think that there people are going to do that with players. Yes, if somebody plays really, really well at Kansas. I mean, but, you know, if you win a little bit at Kansas and you like the people and you like the school, I don't know, maybe you stay, but... I'm the one that always says, man, if you can get a chance to go play for somebody big time, you got to go do it. I mean, that's all there is to it. If you want to go be seen and want to go play at the next level, there's a much better chance. I know they find guys from southwest Missouri and things, but you get a better chance if you're playing with the big boys. All right, man. Awesome. Okay. Uh, what, what do you got coming up on your show today and then also the podcast? You know what, dude? I, I always forget about the podcast. <laughs> you know what your podcast about? 
Uh, it was Bob Mills. Was it Bob Mills this week? Bob Mills. I did do. I did. Oh my gosh! My grandson is yelling and screaming. I mean, this is psychotic right now. I'm losing my mind. Um, we. Uh, what did we do on the podcast, Joel? We just did it. Oh, that's right. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. You know what this is, fellas? Listen to this. This one that we did today, that's coming out today, is about marriages, and um, there's this guy who did all this research, 3,000 couples, and he said to a 90% clip, he can predict who's going to get divorced and who isn't. Oh, really? Okay, think about that. And this is kind of like, remember we talked on the radio that one day about how, do you want to know whether you, you are gonna die, when you're mm-hmm. going to die or not? And I said, no, I do not want to die. Well, this is the same type of thing. Would you want to know if, if this dude thinks you're going to get a divorce or not? It's kind of crazy, but he brings up these points of what's the difference between people that are really good in marriage and people that aren't really good in marriage. And there's these four horsemen, and uh, he brings them up, and it's really, really cool, man. Married couples, you should listen to it because it's really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, I don't think I want to know Julie either gets one of those upset with me. Julie gets upset with me during the podcast, so that's part Uh-oh. of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. She does. She, she is not happy with some of the things that I'm doing and saying, so. And if you could see it on video when she's putting her hand in the air and waving at me, it makes it even better. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, I can't, can't wait for it to drop today. Uh, Jim, uh, have a great show. Thanks for joining us again on a Monday like you always. All right. So kind Thanks of a lot, fellas. Yeah, see, you. see you. It is the ultimate Jim Traber joining us here on a Monday as he always does. So Interesting fact, I looked up that box score that Michigan, now that you said yeah. it, it in, what did you say, seven guys threw a pass for Michigan? Yes. All seven of them, it's not like trick plays, all of them are listed as quarterbacks. I mean, how deep is their quarterback room? Are you? Is that normal, seven guys? I, I didn't think so. And I get it. You're up fifty nine to zero. I get it. Put him, you know, put him in for a drive. Everybody gets a taste. Everybody's happy. I didn't realize that a team had seven quarterbacks. I didn't. I didn't. And kudos to Michigan, because how many times did we think that they're going to pull the plug on Harbaugh? Yeah. You know, kudos to them. Stick staying with them. And now I think it's finally paying off. I know it's early, but they're—I mean—they look really good. Yeah, they're, you know? they're pounding terrible teams. They are, but they are pounding them. But they were good last year. Looks like that is continuing yeah. to to to, uh, to uh, be a thing. So, I mean, the the game between Ohio State and Michigan, if this keeps up, could be really fun for the first time in a very very long time, very long time, because Ohio State looks really good. Yeah, it's a big one last year that Michigan was able to win in the snow. Right. Interesting one against Maryland. It is it is in Ann Arbor, so that probably helps. But Maryland's not terrible. Maryland's not bad. Indiana's undefeated. Yeah. I do think that the uh, the experiment with two quarterbacks is over. I do too. It's J.J. McCarthy. I think that's who it, they always wanted it to be, just because he can do some things. It's 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 a little bit Jimmy G versus Trey Lance esque. Whereas, you know, Cade McNamara is a good player but he can't do the things that McCarthy can. It makes him more explosive. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, uh, that that's a big part of what's going on there. Is they, they've, they've settled on a quarterback. It's going to be J.J. McCarthy, and, and that's the guy. But here, here's another thing, to your point about Harbaugh. I think if you go back, now that you see him having success, if you just go back and look at what he was really doing, the only thing they weren't doing was beating Ohio State. They, they were – a lot better than people wanted to give him credit right. for, especially considering what he took over. Right. 
Uh, but you're right. It, it may be to an, a whole nother level now of, of recruiting and, and, you know, quarterback play. I think that's a big part of it. But yeah, it might have been uh, – and that's the thing. If you're not if you're not a fan of Michigan but you're a fan of college football, it's the first thing you look at is, oh, well, they lost to Ohio State. And that's the only thing you're looking at. And, and there's even some Michigan fans like that. Shoot, there's even OU fans that are like, well, yeah, we did great, but we lost to Texas. Yeah, and you know it, you can't beat Texas, and you know there there are coaches across the country that get fired just because they can't beat their rival, but they can beat everybody else. So again, kudos in a world where we're so quick to throw something away because it's just not working. Kudos to Michigan for holding on to Harbaugh for as long as they have, because they could have easily said, "Uh, uh-uh. I mean, look down south; they do it all the time in the SEC." And uh, another thing about that. Not only was he not beating Ohio State, there was a bunch of those where they were getting absolutely run out of the gym, wasn't run even, out, run off yeah, the field. Wasn't even close. So that was, you know, it, it was almost like a, a, a double-edged sword. Not only you're getting struck one way and coming back the other because you weren't being Ohio State and you were getting killed by Ohio State. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Harbaugh, he's clearly a good coach, and maybe he, maybe his his demeanor and his style works a little bit better in the college game because. He's been there since 2005, so now what, this is the eighth year? Or 2015, I'm sorry, uh, is eighth year this season. He wasn't able to, to be a lot of places that long without kind of rubbing everybody raw and getting kind of wearing out his welcome. So maybe he has simmered down a little bit in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that allows him to, to not only uh, stay, in, stay in one place longer but also continue to have success in, in a place as his career goes instead of the other way around mm-hmm. where it kind of falls off the map. Having said that, I mean, just this last offseason, he was flirting around with, with NFL jobs. His name was mentioned to in a bunch of them, and he even said, well, yeah, I'm going to listen. So, you know. <laughs> it, I mean, why just, wouldn't you pick up the phone? I mean, sure, you can listen. It always gives you more money at Michigan if they know you're listening. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Michigan looks awesome. We'll have our top ten tomorrow, and I'm sure they'll be way up the list for both of us because – if you're going to play bad teams, you need to just beat them down. Yeah, don't let them hang and around. That's, and that's what they've done three yeah. straight weeks. Just absolutely beat down some bad teams. Right. Yeah, we'll have the top ten tomorrow. We'll talk about more NFL tomorrow as well. See if Aaron Judge can get to 60. 59 of them. He's going to do it, isn't he? I don't know. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.